Hello beautiful goddesses, queens, and unicorns. So today we're going to do something a little different because I feel like you all need to get to know me, Megan, and I think you all deserve that if you're going to keep listening to what I have to say. And I want to show you where I have been and how I've gotten to where I am today. Now some of these things definitely have taken me years to talk about with people, but as I keep talking about them, I let them go. They become free. Even the hardest things for me to say to people, the toughest things that have happened in my life, I see them as the lessons and that things I needed to go through in order to be who I am today. So I'm very grateful for even the most horrible things that have happened in my life because I know that they put me on the right path. So with that, I definitely want to start with my upbringing. So let's start from me being in the womb. So, before I was even born, my mom um, fell down the stairs with me, which caused her to go into pre-labor. I was, I want to, maybe I was six months, um, and yes, so she had to be on bed rest, she had to be in the hospital, they were pumping her full of steroids. And I was still born two months premature with a very limited immune system that was not fully developed, which has caused a lot of problems throughout my journey as a child. I was very sick. So as I was born into this world, my mom and dad's relationship ceased to exist. My dad had gotten way too heavy into drinking and into drugs and my mom had to say enough was enough. So with three kids, she decided to end her relationship with my father. And two years later, my mom met my sister's dad and they had my sister. Now at two years old, yay, I get a new sister, but I had to comprehend why my sister was constantly at the hospital, constantly having tubes, machines hooked up to her, nurses at our house 24-7. I don't think a two-year-old can quite comprehend that. Obviously, my 28-year-old can comprehend that now, but for a two-year-old, that's really hard. Um, and this happened up until I was five, and that was one of the hardest days of my life, was watching as my sister passed away, and not really realizing what was going on. All I can remember is someone coming and picking up my sister and taking her away and knowing that she was never coming back. 
And that was the first time I've ever had an out-of-body experience. And I go back to this moment a lot in my life because I go back to that place and I go and I comfort that five-year-old little girl. And I tell her that it's going to be alright and that she will do amazing things. So anyways, but I do remember that I ran up to my room and I slammed the door behind me and I just sat there crying and all of a sudden I could see myself from up above. I was hovering above the door looking down at this five-year-old and I just saw the bigger picture. I saw, you know, that things were bigger than I will ever know. And I do believe that that is where a lot of my spirituality come from, a lot of my confidence comes from, was having that experience at five years old. And it was crazy. Um, And definitely at five years old, I do feel that not only did I lose my sister that day, um, but I lost a big part of my mom that day. I think a big part of my mom died that day and it was hard growing up because my mom just mentally checked out of the world so she was just existing um raising these three kids and growing up my oldest brother you know pretty much was my dad that is who i remember always watching me always being there for me and yeah so It was really hard. I have two older brothers. I am the youngest and the only girl. You'd think that would be awesome. (laughs) Um, But it was hard because for me growing up, my mom didn't want to deal with me. So all I would have to do was cry and she would just give me whatever I wanted. Not knowing all I really needed was just some attention or someone to listen to me. And I didn't really have that. I didn't have someone that ever listen to me because whenever I would go to my dad's side of the family, it was only me and one of my brothers and they were, they loved him. He was the favorite. Um, and I was always called the Brad and, you know, all these terrible names that you just shouldn't call a child. And looking back now, I'm just like, how did these adults treat this child this way? How horrible. Um, I feel bad for my younger self, I really do. Um, It caused a lot of emotional pain, and it's something I still work on daily, you know, because um, it's not something that goes away when you've constantly heard these negative things about yourself and people putting in your head that you are this person, you're this brat, you, you know, you don't shut up. Yeah, you know, just things you should never really say to a child. Um, so that was hard. But that was okay. Um, I have moved past it. So a long time after that, my world, you know, was kind of up and down, you know, living in the shadows of my brothers. And it wasn't until... I moved in with my grandma, Um, me, my mom, and my brothers, we moved in there, and 
you know, I had a great relationship with my grandma. She was my best friend. I would tell her everything and everything was great, but I was still super depressed and looking back now, I can see I just really wanted attention. I just wanted someone to be there to listen to me and I didn't have that growing up. And I remember for a while, um, I started cutting myself and the counselor got a hold of it that I was doing that and told me I needed to call someone. I ended up calling my grandma and she came and got me and they talked to her. And maybe a few weeks later, I was out with my mom and my mom saw it and didn't say, really say anything to me. She was just like, stop doing that. Um, and I just stopped because it was like, obviously I'm not getting your attention. So why keep doing this? Cause that was the only reason I'm, you know, doing this for. So as the years go by, everything's pretty great. I always had this found confidence about myself. I always loved myself. Um, I was always on, on the heavier side, but I still loved myself and I never let anyone tell me differently. Even though, you know, going back home, my brothers, my mom would always call me fat. And it just sucked. But I tried not to let it get to me. I'm like, you know what? That's great. You don't like yourself, but I like myself. And yeah, so it wasn't until about, let's say the next thing I definitely remember was when I was 14, around that age. I don't know exactly what age. Um, my dad kind of started coming back into the picture a little bit. And this one instance sticks in my head. We were going on a family vacation to a, like a family reunion. And my dad was supposed to come. And so was his girlfriend. Well, the night before, she he didn't come home and she had no idea where he was. Well, he ends up coming to my grandma's house high as a kite mind you i don't even know really what drugs are anything and i'm just looking at this man like what is going on like he's tripping and you know my 14 year old however old i was was not comprehending this and i remember i had to drive all the way there with him you know in the back seat and he just creeped me out he scared me i didn't really know what to say to him what to do and when we got there, it wasn't until later in the night that something really stuck out to me. And we were all sleeping in tents and all of a sudden I, we just hear this screaming like someone's getting murdered. And my dad's just screaming at the top of his lungs. I don't know if it was because he was coming down from the drug. I'm not really sure exactly what it was, but it was definitely traumatizing to have to witness that. Um, and see that and I definitely think that at that moment in time I kind of was like yeah <laughs> drugs aren't for me <laughs> so um yeah so but that was hard because you know still me I'm sitting there wanting to have a dad who obviously is addicted to drugs so I want to say by 15 or 16, my dad ended up having an allergic reaction 
um, to the meth he was using and the doctors told him you almost died and if you touch it again you will die um, so thankfully my dad took that as an aha moment and he did stop using drugs however he still to this day um, uses alcohol which definitely hinders our relationship um, but we are working on that um, however he did come back into my life around 16 years old as a friend we had a great relationship I told him everything it was amazing um, things did start to go a little haywire when I turned 18 uh, because that's when he decided apparently he wanted to actually be a father and be able to tell me what to do which was like mm, I'm 18 now I don't think that's quite how it works <laughs> um, but yeah so sorry let's go back though to um, my 16 year old self because I definitely feel like 16 year old me that is where a lot of my issues stemmed from and I um, over years have finally pinpointed you know where a lot of my addictions came from a lot of my behaviors and 16 was definitely a hard year for younger Megan so at 16 I I was living with my grandma and one of my cousin was getting into drugs and he came and stayed at our house and ended up stealing money from me and my grandma ended up taking his side and they tried pinning it on my brother which I didn't really like my brother but I know my brother would never steal from me. He's never done that before. He would ask me every day for money. I would tell him no, but I've never had money go missing. And it was the one day, you know, my cousin came that all of my money is gone. Um, and that kind of just started this rift between me and my grandma. There were a lot of little other instances that happened between me and her. Um, but that was kind of the biggest one. And just seeing how she would pick you know, favorites and pick someone over me. It was just like, oh, I really don't have anyone on my side um, at all. And it crushed 16 year old me. It really did because all I wanted was love. It's all I wanted in life. And um, it was hard because, you know, I, I didn't really get that from my mom. I didn't get that from my dad. I really didn't get that from my brothers. So here I am, you know, getting that from my grandma. And when that cord was cut, um, it destroyed me. It, you know, all those things I had been fighting to not become because I had seen my mom, my dad go through abusing drugs, you know, my mom not loving herself and, you know, going down that route. I, I never wanted to go down those, but um, when this happened, I didn't know what to do, and I, be I started becoming very reckless with myself. I started not loving myself, and I know that love only comes from within me, but it was hard because at 16, um, it was hard that I was not receiving love. I wasn't able to see it, um, to have it. So that is definitely when I um, started having sex and I definitely, you know, started having a sex addiction. 
and you know it took me years to even comprehend that I did have a sex addiction you know that I was constantly just filling this void inside of me um, with sex and craving this instant gratification this instant love that was getting me nowhere Um, all it was doing was you know having me disrespect myself and getting you know further away from who I wanted to be Um, but again it made me who I am today and I wouldn't trade it for anything Um, I love myself unconditionally now I respect myself completely and I'm I forgive myself for having people you know come into my sacred temple that definitely did not deserve an ounce of me Um, but I was in a really bad place so around that age too I finally begged my mom that we can move out of here because I couldn't do it anymore I couldn't live with my grandma being petty she wasn't talking to me it was just childish and I couldn't handle it anymore. I was like, I don't want to even be here anymore. To be honest, I don't even really want to be on this earth. And if I stay in this house anymore, I'm afraid of what I might do. So please, please listen to me and get me the hell out of here. And I'm really grateful that that is the one thing my mom really listened to me about. And she got us out of there. Um, so after that, um, let's say I'm 17. <laughs> I started drinking a lot and I became very reckless with that as well which were hand in hand um, you know because obviously when I would get drunk I would get very promiscuous Um, one didn't really help with my sex addiction if anything it made it worse and you know it got me into some really scary situations you know driving intoxicated Um, my friends driving intoxicated, you know, just being stupid, and I'm, please never do this, no matter what, I, it mind boggles me, (laughs) um, you know, that people do it, but I can understand, because I was there at one point, um, I was a younger, childish person, um, who did this, so, finally, I'm 18, I'm free, I decide to move about two hours away to college and it was the best decision of my life because I needed to know who I was without my family because my whole life I had constantly heard those words, you know, well now that I'm a teenager, you know, now it turned to you're a bitch, you're psycho, you're fat, you're stupid, you're annoying, all these negative things and I knew that wasn't who I was. And I knew that I didn't want someone else's narrative of who I am to become who I am because that wasn't who I was. And I needed to learn who I was not being surrounded by these people who think I am this person. And so I am really glad that at 18 I went off to college and I got to discover who I was. However, at 19, I was heavily drinking at this point being very still stupid um and thankfully I got a DUI I barely drank I think I had one shot um I didn't come to a complete stop at stop sign and got pulled over 
thankfully it did get dropped down to like negligent driving. I had to do 24 hours of community service. I had to go to a DUI panel. I had to pay about $2,000 in lawyer fees and fines. Um, but I'm really glad it happened because it made me stop drinking. From then on, I said, F you alcohol, you no longer have me. I will not participate in this behavior anymore. And I stopped. So three years of drinking and I said, I'm done. So shortly after that, you know, my life is kind of looking up. I'm like, okay, I'm not getting in trouble anymore. And then life throws me a curveball and it says, oh, but you're 20 now. You know, you are a grown woman, um, and I got pregnant by a married man who I 100% had no idea he was married, he was in the military, he would drive about four hours to my college to come visit me every weekend, and it was tough, it was really hard, we didn't find out he was married until um, I ended up getting pregnant and my friends started becoming detectives <laughs> and you know we left one day and he left his phone at my house and I had my best friend go through his phone and yep she found everything that his wife had just had a baby me the great person that I am <laughs> I actually tried reaching out to his wife and by this chance she told me I was fucking crazy and to leave them alone um, which obviously is really hard since I'm pregnant. Um, a few months later, however, I ended up having a miscarriage, which was really, really difficult for me because I actually did plan on keeping this baby. Yeah, it was really difficult. I um, remember I was in class taking a test, and all of a sudden I just felt something wasn't right, and I ran to the bathroom and just blood everywhere and I could just feel it it just came out of me um, and it was it was really difficult I had to call my friends and tell them you know what building I was in and to bring me you know new pants you know everything and they took me to the emergency room uh, I love one of my friends came blew up a glove and we were having fun trying to make things light because obviously I was very sad because um, I had told my family about it. I was super happy actually and you know it was something I really wanted. Um, a little bit before this though, about exactly the same time as this, my other brother ended up getting married um, and my oldest brother. So my middle brother um, ended up actually cheating on his baby mama and we all witnessed him doing it um, I was the only one brave enough to go and tell his baby mama um, I love you sorry I call you baby mama but <laughs> it's what you were at the time um, <laughs> so yeah I ended up telling her because I respected her and I didn't care who you are um, even though you're my brother, you're doing something wrong, and I'm not going to let you get away with it. So, 
he ended up telling me, you know, about a week later that he would never speak to me again in his his life, which at that point we really didn't have a relationship. So for me, it was kind of, um, you know, a wash. So unfortunately, you know, I thought things would, you know, maybe look up after all of this is going on. You know, how, how else can I reach rock bottom? You know, I got a DUI. I just got pregnant um, oh, and then life said haha nah I'm gonna I'm gonna take you down to the deep man I'm gonna make you hit really rock bottom and I'm, I'm just gonna keep throwing it at you so a few months after my miscarriage um, I ended up going out to a club with my friend um, who's doing a fashion show and this guy just ended up like stalking me all night and I'm not exactly sure exactly what happened but I do believe that he put something in my drink and um, I don't remember much after that um, all I remember is waking up in his bed you know so I definitely knew that I had been raped that night which was something really hard for me um, to comprehend so just a few months after that had happened, I actually found out I was pregnant again. Um, and honestly had to make the toughest decision I've ever had to make in my life, which was, you know, getting a, an abortion because I couldn't. I, you know, I had just gone through some very traumatic things in my life and mentally I was not stable enough to handle what was going on and I didn't want to. I knew that if, you know, even if I decided to have this baby, if it got ripped away from me again, um, I would kind of be like my mom. I would have checked out of this, out of this life. Um, I wouldn't have been fully present here in this world, you know, so I did have to make that, that decision. Um, and I did it by myself. I went to the clinic by myself. I didn't tell anyone. I, I told my roommate who, and one of my friends who both had to pick me up from there. So yeah, it was it was difficult. Um, however, life did start to turn around at 21. I ended up being in a stable relationship. And by this time I had become a vegetarian and I had a really great schedule. I And I was in my major and I loved my major. I was getting healthy, I, you know, was really loving myself again, and, you know, I would wake up at 6am every morning, I'd go to the gym, I'd come home, make myself breakfast, make myself lunch, go to school, have all my lunch and snacks, go to the library after school, get all my homework done, go home, make myself and my boyfriend um, some dinner and, you know, usually would just relax, go to bed and do it all over again. So it's great. I had a great, great last year of college. Um, definitely an aha moment. But, you know, everything must come to an end. So as I was about to graduate college, you know, I was super happy, I was healthy, you know, I was loving myself, <sighs> you know, but life said, you know, Megan, <laughs> I'm not done giving you some lessons in life yet. Um, I need you to still lose some people to grow, to, 
you know, do something different. So my mom at this time started getting involved with a guy that was no good for her. Um, but she kind of started excommunicating people from her life. I did end up going to her wedding because I didn't want to regret it and say I wasn't there for her. Um, however, during that time, you know, she didn't tell anyone who I was. She wasn't really talking to me and I just kind of had enough. I was just like, I don't want to do this anymore. So my final straw with her though was only a month after it was my college graduation and she did not show up and it was a really hard day so it was supposed to be one of the happiest days of my life you know i'm graduating college i never thought i was going to graduate college and not only did she not show up but my boyfriend at the time did not show up and i was crushed i was devastated i was hurt beyond belief i actually ended up you know i'd been almost two years sober and I ended up getting hammered that night because I was so distraught about it. However, I woke up the next morning and I said, we are not going to let this phase us. We are going to keep going. Just keep going, Megan. So I ended up moving even further away um, and I moved in with one of my aunts and her boyfriend and her two kids. And I had a great time. I loved living there. I love them. They've always supported me. They've always encouraged me and been amazing people. Um, however, I did get involved with this guy soon after I moved there. And it was a very abusive relationship. Verbally abusive. And I moved in with him. And it didn't last very long because obviously... Even within myself, I knew I did not want to be with someone that was verbally abusive to me. He would get drunk and he would just, you know, say the most hurtful things. You know, just call me a whore, call me all these names. And it was just like, oh my goodness, what did, what did I get myself into? I ended up, you know, telling him I'm, I'm moving out. I can't do this anymore. And it made him very, very angry. Um, the last few days I ended up sleeping on the couch and he would come out every 20 minutes and it was either I got good side or bad side. If I got good side, you know, he'd be like, oh, let's hook up, da da da. And if I got bad side, it was like, fuck you, I can't believe, you know, just all these hurtful negative things. Um, and it wasn't until the day before I was supposed to leave, he ended up uh, getting way too drunk and we just went at it and I finally had to call my friend and tell her please come get me right now because I really want to murder this dude and I really feel if you do not come get me that might happen so she got her three-year-old in her car and came and got me um, in the meantime he tried to shut me into uh, the storage unit and that really made me upset because yeah no one's going to lock me into a storage unit and I ended up rushing at him and pushing him and yeah he called me psycho and I'm like you're making me psycho and he went inside and just started throwing all of my stuff outside which is like okay he ruined a lot of my clothes but I don't care I'm out goodbye um 
ever since then we we have talked we've um said our peace to each other so after that i said no more relationships and i just started focusing on myself um at this time this is when uh, marijuana became legal and i was 20 over 21 and so I decided to use it as kind of medicinal to see how it would help me and it helped me so much with my emotions to regulate my my thoughts and my patterns and to really help me kind of become one with myself and just help me you know comprehend a lot of things that are happening in my life and not to take them so personally and to know that you know they are happening for a reason even though you can't see the bigger picture right now it will all lead you down this path that you need to go down in order for you to be the most successful person that you can be in this life after that i started working at hotels and i found my passion for hotels i absolutely loved it i definitely still had a sex addiction at this point however to me i do feel like in this time it had definitely decreased, but I was still using um, it every now and then, you know, because it never goes away from you. So I definitely was still, ha you know, constantly having multiple partners, which was not healthy for me. And however, at this point, I had started, you know, wanting to travel. That has always been my dream. And finally, I'd convinced one of my friends to travel with me. So we had been making these plans to travel. And I was about to leave Spokane to go back to Tacoma. They're about six hours away. So back to where I am originally from for a few months to kind of figure out our whole plans. Um, where we're going to go you know, just lay everything out. Before that though, I ended up getting involved with someone I worked with, which was a horrible idea. And he had convinced not only me, but every single person that we worked with that he was separated, that his, you know, his wife was crazy, she cheated on him, all of this stuff. He came to work just talking about all this crazy stuff and I believed him um, we did actually end up having a relationship uh, a sexual relationship um, and nothing more uh, I, I got in a really bad car accident with him and this was when I had finally convinced myself like I don't want anything to do with him because he was always going back and forth about like oh I think me and my wife are gonna go to counseling you know and it was just like okay if that's the case then you know, we're kind of done. I'm not going to do that if you're, you know, trying to pursue this relationship with your wife again. I'm not going to be that person. So, yeah, we ended up getting in this really bad car accident. And then I just didn't really want to talk to him anymore. I was just like, you know, let's go our separate ways. And he got crazy. He became my stalker. He was out at my house almost every single day just you know driving by um would wait outside of work for me was bringing me letters at work 
it was really a scary experience, I will say. Leaving notes on my door, uh, it was quite scary and I was really glad that I was leaving. Uh, about a month later, his wife ended up calling me and me and her are on great terms. We've talked um, about everything and obviously she realizes this was not my fault and you know, I've apologized her because I honest to goodness had no idea um, he really made me believe, you know, that she was the crazy one and that she was the one doing all these horrible things when unfortunately it was him uh, doing it. So, yeah, thankfully I got away from that and and I did. I, st I started traveling and it it made me stop and really think about what I truly wanted in life. And that was kind of my first moment of realizing that I need to stop doing things differently with men and stop giving them so much control over me and letting them into the sacred space of me. So during my travels, I swore off men. It didn't really happen, um, but I will say I, I did amazing. Um, a lot better than you know um past megan so i'm really proud of myself because i really didn't go in having this mindset of oh i'm gonna find boys and i'm gonna go after boys you know this travel experience was all about finding myself finding who megan is and finding what i love in life and what i love to do and what you know brings me joy and to do as much as that as possible so, yeah, I ended up traveling with one of my friends for about four months, which I will speak about that just because it was a really difficult time for me because in those four months, I had this person attached to me 24-7 who also had a lot of you know, turmoil within herself and emotional issues that she projected on me. And I forgive her for that, but it was really hard to live with. Um, with this constant someone being jealous of every move you make um, and everything that you do, it was just this constant battle and it got really exhausting. And the day that she left, I broke down in tears. Like I was bawling like a baby and I couldn't stop. And part of me was just like, dude, why are you crying? This is so weird. And I just realized it was because a weight had been lifted off of my shoulders. I didn't have to, you know, hide who I was anymore. I didn't have to please someone else or become this person so that this person's ego doesn't, you know, feel threatened in any way. So it was really nice. And, you know, I learned that I love traveling by myself. It is the greatest thing in the world. And that's why I continue to travel by myself. Within those four months of me and her traveling, um, and by the way, this was when I turned 25 was when I started traveling, um, we ended up going to Singapore, Malaysia, Thailand, Cambodia, Vietnam, Laos, and then back to Malaysia because that was where I felt the most comfortable staying um, and being left alone. 
so yeah she ended up leaving i ended up getting a volunteer experience in malaysia at a resort which i absolutely loved it was fantastic and um after that i ended up meeting this guy at this resort who i fell madly in love with <laughs> um i'm not gonna lie he um everything child me had told me oh your other half is gonna do this and this and this and when i met him it was like he did this and this and i was like oh my goodness i found you but life you know kept intervening um after three months i really wanted to go to india to do a yoga teacher course and um halfway through i ended up finding out i was pregnant and another hardest decision of my life um for two weeks i was so sick i couldn't get out of bed i couldn't eat anything i couldn't drink anything i was the sickest i've ever been um and it was difficult because for me i'm in a foreign country alone by myself what am i supposed to do i'm not prepared to have a baby i'm living my dreams right now I'm not even with, you know, the person that I want to be with. And, you know, I told him about it and he wasn't ready. I wasn't ready. Um, so unfortunately, I had to do a lot of soul searching and I finally just, you know, spoke to myself and said, Megan, look, like, you can't take over care of a child right now. You can barely even take care of yourself. And... Are you really prepared to stay in India pregnant? Because I don't think you'd be able to even get on a plane right now the way you're feeling and all of what's going on in your body. And it was a scary situation. And I knew that the only decision, the right decision for me was to have an abortion. Um, and that is what I did um, and it was really difficult it was the most painful experience of my life because I ended up taking the pill and it ends up pretty much just making you have a miscarriage and I felt like I was dying and you know obviously I had to experience that to fully heal myself and to fully get over this lack of love within myself that I was always projecting onto other people to fulfill instead of recognizing that I'm the only person that can fulfill that love within myself. And I appreciate, you know, these babies that came into my life and helped me to experience, you know, um, not having them and i really appreciate them for all of that it uh, must be definitely difficult and i couldn't even imagine because i mean i do imagine because i definitely went through it with them 
yeah so that was really difficult um and then right afterwards i you know get the message that my uncle isn't doing so well and that i need to come back home and say my goodbyes and this was after about nine months of me traveling so i went back home um i said my goodbyes but i really wanted to leave again and i really wanted to go back to malaysia so i ended up going back to malaysia I had sold everything. I sold my car. Uh, when I got to Malaysia, I did go back to that resort, even though in my head I told myself, you know, I'm not going to stay there. I don't want to stay there. I want to do something different. Uh, the owners really enjoyed me and really liked, you know, what I did and ended up, you know, offering me well they came and said tell us what you want for us to keep you and we will pay you um bad decision don't ever do anything for money even when your body is telling you no (laughs) so i ended up staying and my money got stolen over like two thousand dollars got taken um and then A really scary situation happened one of my friends was dating one of the local guys that was working there and she had left and when I came back there was a whole bunch of new volunteers and anyways they had been like talking about him and this new volunteer getting together and I had warned him like hey you tell your girlfriend or I will and I, you know, gave him so many chances to tell her. And so he didn't, and I finally did. And oh my goodness, he went crazy on me. And it was a terrifying experience having, you know, this grown ass man screaming at me and punching walls. Thankfully, I had someone there, you know, grabbing him, but it was still a scary experience. And I had another guy come in and start screaming at me, you know, them telling me it was none of my business, that I need to shut my mouth. Um, And in that moment in time, I honestly didn't know what to do. And the only reaction I could do was I just closed my eyes and stopped even reacting to them. I was just like, "Um, no, I'm I'm not even going to put any energy into this. I'm just going to shut down. So I literally closed my eyes and all of a sudden they left they just walked out the door because i was giving them nothing um and oh my god once they closed that door i just fell to the floor and started bawling my head off because i had no one i was by myself it was a scary experience i will say i ended up sleeping in a different cabin that night um because of how scared i was and i ended up leaving the next day um to go and work um, inside the city about 45 minutes away and I ended up managing that hotel as well and yeah so after that I was still with this guy that I was madly in love with but we were just kind of friends um, because he had just gotten out of a relationship and it just wasn't the right time but lovely Megan kept pushing it thinking that it was our time (laughs) but it wasn't so there was a lot of turmoil there 
you know, constantly wanting to be with this guy, um, but knowing that he was not in the right mental space. And it was really hard because even, you know, meeting him, he just became my best friend. And he was always there for me. We always talked. And he was just kind of a constant when I didn't really have anyone else. So it was really nice. Um, after a while, um, I, you know, was living in Malaysia and then I ended up going and traveling to Indonesia, volunteering there. I volunteered with, you know, a couple of different families, teaching English, working at a hotel. I ended up going back to Malaysia, um, and staying with, you know, my, my friends over there. Went back to Indonesia, went back to Malaysia decided I wanted to give Vietnam another chance um, because one of my friends had gone to volunteer and teach there. So I went back there to Vietnam, but after three months I realized that I did not want to make Vietnam my home, even if it was just for about a year. Um, it did not agree with me. I started getting eczema while I was there really bad heat rash so my body was kind of telling me nah nah Megan this is not your place please find somewhere else to live um and at this point I you know me and this guy were talking about moving in together and getting married because we had been together now for almost over a year you know off and on back and forth um but we he you know he was finally saying he was gonna commit to me so i ended up finding a job in malaysia teaching uh, i went to teaching <laughs> um i ended up getting my tuffle certificate and started teaching english and i loved it so i found a job out of college in malaysia ended up moving back there found myself an apartment and bad part, um, my coworker ends up raping me. And this was really difficult for me, you know, because for me it's, it was, you know, my, my significant other is about to come back. I need to tell him what had happened. And so the day he came back, I had to go and make a police report and go to the hospital and go do all of that. And it, it was really difficult for me. It was really emotional because obviously the first time this had ever happened to me, I didn't even, it took me years to even tell anyone, you know, what had happened. And with this instance, it was hard because even people at the school um, didn't believe me and were constantly just, you know blaming me for the situation and it was really difficult and telling me not to go to the police not to um you know take it any further or do anything because you know he had money and he could then come after me it was it was a stressful time so the day he you know all that was happening i just was begging him like please can you just come over i really really need you um, and obviously for me, I didn't want to tell him over the phone or over text. Like that was something very intimate, very personal. And I 
I, I wouldn't even know how to start to say that over the phone. But yeah, and then he was just like, oh, no, 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 I can't, I can't, I can't. And anyways, I ended up telling him what had happened, and he took that moment in time to tell me that he can no longer be with me, that our relationship is over, but that he will be there as my friend to support me and help me. Um, it shattered me. It broke me into a million pieces. And I'm a strong person. Obviously, I've gone through a lot in my life. Um, but this one was an extremely hard part. And that night, I did not want to be here on this earth anymore. I'm not going to lie. I have not thought, you know, about dying in a really long time, um, you know, since my teens. So the fact that this made me feel that way, it was terrible. I was on my bed just sobbing, like screaming, crying. Um, but I just, I kept telling myself, you know, Megan, you've gone through worse. Like just breathe, 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 breathe. Like you can do this. Like you can overcome this. I know you're hurting. Let it out. Like scream it out. Um, sorry, I'm getting a little emotional. Um, it's hard. I, I've talked about these things so many times, so um, I, I don't get as an emotional as I do when I do talk about these things because I've let them off my chest. I don't keep them inside of me. Um, and I feel like a part of how to heal is to talk about these things, is to let them go. Um, they are really hard things to talk about because they're not fun to talk about. They're they're horrible things, you know, they took me to the bottom, they, people hurting me in so many ways, but you have to, you have to release the power that they have over you, and that is by speaking them out, but I got through that night, I got through it, and we all get through it, you know, every bad thing we keep pushing, we keep fighting to live, to experience the good, the bad, the ugly, everything that's here on this earth to experience. So in that moment, you know, I, I was really broken. I, it was hard for me. And about six months later, I met someone and he was super patient with me. Um, I, I, we would hang out and I'd be crying over this other guy and he would just he would just cuddle me and just be like, it's okay, no worries, no problem, let it out. He was just so s sympathetic and like empathetic and, you know, allowed me to go through these motions. And I was dating other people at the time and I was clearly told him about it. And, you know, he, he let me go through this process. And that's why, I, you know, a part of me was always told him, I can't be with you right now. I'm not over this last person and you just need to give me time. And he was just really patient with me and kept giving me that time to work on getting over it. Which unfortunately, I, I didn't quite get over it, um, but I didn't want to lose this person either. He was amazing. And we ended up um, being together and we ended up moving in together for about three, four months. And then I just was not 
happy anymore. Not any particular reason, you know, I had a great boyfriend, an absolutely great job, but I just wasn't happy. Something was missing in my life and I finally realized that it was traveling. I missed traveling. I missed being free. I hated being stuck in a nine to five job. I hated, you know, just having to commute and do the same thing every single day. It just, it, it isn't who I am on the inside and it was conflicting with who I truly am and I needed to do something different. So I ended up booking a ticket to Taiwan. Um, but within that time frame, he unfortunately had to leave Malaysia and go back to Guinea because he did not pass his English exam to stay into the, in the country. And that was really hard. We thought we had about a week more time together and now it was down to like, you have a day left with each other. And it was one of the hardest days for us to part from each other, you know, not knowing the next time I'm going to see him, when we're going to see each other again. And it was really difficult, but, you know, we, we made it through. Um, we did end up breaking up for a while because for me it was just just having the surface level conversations every single day. I, I didn't want to do it. I, I couldn't do it. And for me, unfortunately, the last guy started coming back into my life and talking to me. And I was... I, I can say I was still stuck on him. I was still in love with him. And even now within myself, you know, I sit here and contemplate, oh my God, how am I in love with two people at once? And I believe that you can be, you definitely can be. Um, and I don't fault myself for that. I love them both in two completely different ways. And yeah, so, that happened i ended up wanting to do something very drastic very different so i ended up saying come on megan let's let's go to a different place so i packed my bags and i went to europe and i ended up doing europe from about november up until june of this year i went to uh, greece albania Austria, Poland, Germany, Denmark, Netherlands, Belgium, France, Italy, and Croatia. Um, and obviously I stayed in Croatia the longest because that's when this whole pandemic happened and we got on lockdown. So I ended up staying there for about three or four months. Um, I did get a summer job in Poland and tried going to Poland when they started opening up borders again but unfortunately i got denied and which was really shitty because i got there and they gave me a piece of paper and said you are denied you're leaving in three days excuse me what i need to sleep in this airport for three days oh mind you i'm not only on my period my birthday's in three days so I got to spend three marvelous days at an airport all by myself. Um, I got stuck on the international side. There were no international flights coming in or out. 
um, which means no restaurants, no stores, nothing, no customer service, nothing was open. I would only sometimes see the cleaning people come by and that was every so often. Um, I would have to go and beg the border guards to take me, like I was a prisoner, to go and find some food. Um, I lived off of french fries for like three days straight. <laughs> um, yeah, I thought I would never eat french fries again, but apparently my love for french fries prevails. So, <laughs> what can you do? So, yeah, and after that I just decided to come back to the U.S. and I'm really glad that I am able to come back here and have this new outlook for life and to have gone through what I have gone through and know that I've always picked myself back up, that I've always been that coach, that mentor, that leader, that spiritual being for myself that has helped me through every life event and for me to see the bigger picture and why all of these things had to happen in order for me to get to this place. And whether that is to be able to speak to you and tell you, hey, at some point in my life, I've hit rock bottom. I have gone through some shitty shit. (laughs) But we all have, man. We've all gone through it. But I want you to know you are never alone, ever. Because not only do you have yourself, you have me. You have so many other amazing people around this world that are praying for you, that are constantly sending you love. We're out there. I Every day before I go to bed, I pray for everyone on this earth to find love, to find healing. I give y'all a big hug because we're all connected and we all need that. We all need to know that we are connected with one another and that we have all gone through some crazy ass shit, but we have all come out of it on the other side. And it's about releasing these things and being mindful about every instance that we have on this earth. And being in this present moment and not lingering on the past and all the bad stuff that has happened or focusing too much on my future and what is to come, I don't know. But I'm not going to allow my past to become who I am because I am not any of those things. And I work every single day to unbecome everything I was told. And I fight every day to become the woman I know that I deserve. And I hope you all can fight every day for that woman, or man if you're listening, that you deserve to be. Because we all deserve it. We honestly, no matter what you have done in your life, you made you're not a bad person you have made bad choices and that is what life is about is unfortunately making some bad choices but learning from them and becoming a better person i don't think that we as humans are you know born evil i think that evil creeps in and we allow it to overcome us 
and to take over our being and to get us wrapped into you know these other realities of who we're supposed to be and then we get so conflicted within ourselves and it can be tough it's it's tough to go through these hard times um i've been there with you man i have i've been there i've hit rock bottom i've not wanted to do this anymore but i love myself i truly 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 love me myself megan unconditionally with no doubts no ulterior motives i just love myself i wouldn't want to be anyone else on this earth i wouldn't want to have anyone else's problems i wouldn't want to have anyone else's you know past experience i'm thankful for what i have gone through even if they have been horrendous and they've been horrible and they brought me to breaking points they were all necessary in order for me to heal to move on to grow to change to adapt to evolve to become this person that i am today and i hope that by me sharing my story and i hope by me sharing my own personal life and my personal journey with you that it can speak to someone and it can help one of you to overcome something and i really really want to help you on a whole nother level as the teacher in me um, and helping and wanting to teach others how i have helped myself through a lot of of these mental blocks these mental barriers or just all these obstacles that i face in life um, which a lot of them stem from just my mind if you are really dedicated to changing and to overcoming things in your life i am going to put a link down below to a private group for teach travel talk and if you join I have an overcoming obstacles workbook, a guided workbook for you that I've put together for you and maybe for other people in your life if you want to give that to them. So if you join, I would love to send this to you so that you can overcome these challenges in life and just have something that can, you know, help you through these hard times because I know I've needed a lot of help and a lot of people have helped me through it. I have also helped me through a lot of, you know, these traumas that I have gone through and I'm still working. It's an everyday process. Don't get me wrong. Everyone thinks that, you know, even how happy I am, all these different things that I don't struggle still, um, that I don't still have to overcome these obstacles every day. It's an everyday thing. Every day I need to wake up and forgive myself. Every day I need to wake up and forgive people that don't just, you know, haven't said I'm sorry. I have to wake up every day and tell myself I love myself. I have to wake up every day and tell myself why I love myself. Um, and I just have to keep pushing myself. So I would love for you to join me in there to get some amazing help 
from things that I have done within my life to help me, and I hope that they can help you too. So that, you know, will be the end (laughs) of hearing Megan's story, and I definitely hope that you have some teachable moments from here, even if that's just relating to something that I've said and hearing my story. And don't worry, this is, I know only, you know, the bad stuff that has happened in my life, but I want you to see that even if you've had bad stuff that has happened to you, doesn't mean that you need to, you know, constantly be in this state of, you know, being in a bad place. You can be happy, you can have joy, you can, you know, be a positive influence to the people around you and you don't have to constantly be depressed or have anxiety Um, you can work on yourself every single day to be mindful and to be present and to be just be (laughs) be human man Um, enjoy this experience as a human being on this earth and enjoy it to the fullest because you never know when your last moment will be and I can't wait to keep sharing these stories um, with my friends, with my family. I can't wait for you to hear more stories from amazing people in my life. And I hope you have enjoyed everything that we've been talking about so far. And I can't wait, wait, wait for more teachable moments because I think they are here to help guide you. And I hope that in this moment you are taking this in (laughs) and going to have some magical moments it is the holiday season so i do want to say happy holidays to everyone and i hope you guys have an amazing new year i think you should start thinking about what you want your next new year to look like and start making a goal start making a list and figuring that out for yourself Well, you all, I hope you have a fantastic night, morning, whatever time of day it is. I hope you have some magical feelings, some magical powers, magical everything. I cannot wait for next time. You beautiful goddesses, queens, and unicorns. Thank you so much for coming to teach Travel Talk. Namaste, everyone. Thank you.